Join the Pop Life Podcast conversation. Follow us on Twitter at the Pop Life Podcast. Find us on iTunes at the Pop Life Podcast. Be sure to rate us, please. And find us on SoundCloud and share and like and subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Pop Life Podcast, coming to you from the Crosby Collective Studio. Starring your hosts, Jeffrey Sledge, Naima Cochran, and Sean Young. If it's top of mind in pop culture, it's up for discussion. Thank you for joining us this week. The Pop Life begins in three, two, one. Hey, Pop Life Podcast. Today is, um, what is this, the 20th, November 23rd or 22nd? 21st. Uh, it's the 21st. 21st, 2024. Uh, we're going to throw you a little show. 23, chill out. I don't know what's going on. Now nah, we're going to throw you a little show. We're going to throw you a little show, you know what I'm saying, for, for a little holiday, a little holiday weekend shit. Half y'all, you're going to listen to it while y'all out in the stores uh, buying greens and, and, and uh, $12 eggs. Um you know, ladies with the sweet potatoes. Exactly, over patty pies. Your patty pies still popping, by the way? I don't even know. Remember? I don't They're know gone how... in my Walmart. They were gone. I don't know how robust this... I haven't looked for them in a long time, but I need to go into a Walmart. There's not a Walmart really close to us, but, um, you know, she's expanded that line. She's got a lot of other stuff now. She's like she's got a, she's a lot like of a, other stuff. she like got a, stuff um, I want to try. What's the shit... At, at, I always say it wrong. Is it Edmonds or Edmonds? Edmonds. 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 How you say it? Edmonds. Edmonds. I've never said it like that. There's a lot more N's and M's than any of us think. I always called it Edmonds. I know that was wrong, but I just said it. That was what I said. Give me some Edmonds. The marble cake from Edmonds. But I know Patty's wrong. The Patty Pies? The blackberry uh, cobbler is the star. That's the it's one really. I wanted to try. Not, not, the, not the sweet potato. The, the sweet potato. patty sweet potato pie, though, is a lot of people eat it cold. You have to put it in the oven and let it brown just a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. We talked, the cold pop tart lady is trying <laughs> niggas to heat up the pie now. I because don't know what's pop tart, <laughs> A pop tart is not a pie. I put pop tarts in the cookie category. That's what I told y'all that. I put pop because they, ha- I eat the strawberry iced ones. It has fruit filling and it's icing. I put that in the pop tart. <laughs> it is not. It's a. It's a. It's a, a pastry. It's a. Tart. But it's not a pie. They oh, are different. We'll, we'll get sorry, back to that. Y'all can't hear me. I sound crazy. I don't know. Inka picked up a pack of day habit while we went since the last. <laughs> yeah, night. And, and she drink and she drink Miller Light out of a glass. <laughs> <laughs> while playing Inka Big Wish. It could get me five dollars. Told me to go to the store get some rice, some ground. Exactly, food. And, and you better bring back her <laughs> change. Bring back her bring change. All, all my change. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> I'm accounting when you get up in here. Um, real quick, uh, I just, fortunately, there's no RIPs that I know. Oh no, there is one uh, RIP to Rosalind Carter, uh, former yes. first lady who passed away. I think a day or two, no one or two days ago. Of this old age, ninety six years old. Uh, her husband Jimmy Carter is closing in on a hundred. Um, yeah. I got a suspicion, and I you know I ain't trying to wish bad, but I got oh, a suspicion Jimmy's like gone. yeah, Jimmy going because you know they was together sixty something, I think. Yeah, but also Jimmy's been in hospital. Yeah. They had Jimmy's uh, what you call it? They had Jimmy's obits queued up, ready to go. Yeah, 
was it yeah. last like uh beginning of this year sometime yeah yeah they, they didn't think jimmy was gonna make it this long jimmy's yeah. hanging it, but now that rosalind's gone I, I i suspect that jimmy will be, be soon long. following a, a home and not for nothing like god bless 99 and 96 yeah, God, that's crazy i can't be mad and and like what a well, like when people say salt to the earth, Jimmy and Roslyn Carter, Jimmy was just like salt of the earth. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy was working building those homes. Uh, ha- what's the home for Habitat or has, uh, yeah, Habitat for Humanity with a ship? He, could, you know, really, really, he just couldn't no more. Like, he, did he was ninety five out there hammering. You know, what he saying? did it one time after he fell and hurt himself. People was out there all bruised. Yeah. I was like, somebody yeah. take him home. Oh, somebody take Jimmy's Jimmy's hammer from put him, sit him down in the chair over there and let him watch. <laughs> um. Cause I always wonder, man. Now that I, now I guess I'm 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 on the other side of that hill. Even though I feel great, actually, I don't feel I feel really good. Um, but I always wonder, like, how must it feel to be around that age? Not just the physical part, but like so many people of yours are gone. Yeah. Like all your friends, are, mostly your relatives are definitely gone. You know, the ones you grew up with. You know, obviously your parents are long gone. You know, most of your friends are probably long gone. Um, like, not, what, it's kind of like nothing is familiar. You're anymore. watching the world move on. When my grandmother got to be in between 99 and 100, every time she would hear, my great-grandmother, every time she would hear about somebody passing, she would legit be like, Lord, why you ain't uh, take me? She was mad. Like, yeah. she was legit. She was tired. She was tired. She had gotten to a yeah, point where... So, you know, her hearing was failing. Her eyesight mm. was, she had glaucoma, you know, so she was also to the point where she still had a lot of family around, but she, you know, was getting generations confused. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, of course. Like, I don't you know? know who you people are half the time. Let me go yeah, ahead. I already know you're, I already know you're like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been seeing sometimes, you see the little clips online, as, you know, on the news or something. You know, Mrs. Gladys Jenkins and turned 103 and they had a birth party for her in a community room. And I always, I always sit, like watch that, and you know, say God bless, of course. But you know, they, a lot of the, especially the elder black women, are still well put together, and they got the hair, and they got the right. suit on, and look beautiful. But I'm just kind of like, they, I, sometimes they just kind of look like, eh, what am I here right. for? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no. Do you want to live that? Would you want to no. live that long? Well, I yes. mean, okay, living that long is a blessing. <laughs> I would Sean, not like, want to live that long. nowhere. Fuck all Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Give me all my days, my nigga. I need all my days. Every last one of them, nigga. Take me out, kicking and screaming out this motherfucker. I'll, I'll find some new people to know. I want all my motherfucking time that is registered to me by the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Nigga ain't leaving, <laughs> all my ain't, ain't leaving no vacation day. No PTO. <laughs> I don't want no PTO left. I want all my shit, baby. Uh, shit. I mean, I guess I'll take all my days allotted to me. I was just gonna say I'll take all my days allotted to me, but I have never understood the desire to like live forever. I have no desire. To just be on this earth, wandering this bitch indefinitely. That that I don't need. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're around family a lot, and you know, you're, um, I guess, active as you can be at that point, which is you know not a lot, but you just kind of got some type of activity to keep your brain uh, fresh. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting quandary. I mean, some know? some people are that age, <laughs> and they're very and they're very in tune, and they're very alert. True, and their bodies might be failing, but their minds are not. Sure. And then you have the other side, which is 
their minds are failing, but their bodies are not. Right. Yeah. And so I can totally understand, you know, having someone that is 90 in my house. Right. Like I totally understand why um, someone would feel that way. Right. Like that mm-hmm. is I can see the overwhelmingness of like not being able to remember things and the frustration that comes the with that, like the yeah. overwhelmingness that comes with that. And like, oh, you know, so-and-so's died and, you know, the visits become few and far between, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't have, you can't just pick up the phone and call, you know, Gert down the road and- Right, and, and, and gossip about church. And gossip about some shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. your mobility is limited. So I totally understand that. And listen, maybe my theory or maybe my feeling might change as I get older because I'm just not seeing myself as a debilitated person. I know that yeah. the, the, that can possibly happen. Right. But like, I just, I just feel like I just want as many days as imaginable. Yeah. Cause once it's be, over, it's over. Cause once it's it's over, a wrap. It's over. Like there's, there's nothing more fucking final than death. My nigga. Like, yeah, it is. Done. The curtain is yeah. closed. There's no encore. No redos. none of that. No redos. So I don't know. I mean, you know, but, but you know, needless to say, God bless Rosalind Carter and Jimmy Carter and all the elders. And, and, and I know that this time of year for a lot of the elders is very important because they do get to see their family and the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids and so on and so on. And, you know, God bless. God bless all of y'all. Um, and let them elders sit down in your house. Don't have them that's, stirring. That, and yeah, leave. we had we had we had we had this conversation. I believe was last Thanksgiving, and I saw somebody post this on Twitter or Instagram, what one of the socials uh, a few months ago. It was uh, he was talking about he was talking about cookouts though, and he was like, "All y'all be talking about who having the cookout." He was like, "Nigga, we're supposed to be having the cookout." Like we yeah. are, we are the people that's supposed to be doing it. We're not, you know, not somebody's mom or somebody's grandma or somebody's uncle. We are the aunts and the uncles that yeah. we used to look look at when we were younger. And like, but but niggas are so worried about um, still kind of being in the streets that nobody wants to do the cookouts and the, the kind of things that kept our culture, like going, I, you know, like, throwing the horseshoes and all that type of shit. Like you I know? said, n- niggas, niggas want. The fun and the pictures, and niggas don't want the work. Oh, right. Niggas yeah. don't want the two. Niggas don't want the two and three days of prep that, mm-hmm. that come with any of that shit. Like in the cleanup, y'all seen y'all seen when I cook out. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I'm prepping. Like, that's a hundred pounds of food, bro. Like, I'm I'm cleaning and prepping and boxing mm-hmm. and you know I'm doing that shit like two three days in advance, bro. Like, that's not you don't just wake up and cook enough food to feed. 100 people right like that's no. just not how it works right no, so no, um even when you do thanksgiving like people just don't really kind of understand that and listen i think that another thing that's happening is that we're we're also moving from sort of the bigger houses right like i think True. there's a there's a part of logistics that's playing a role here that i don't mm-hmm. think we're acknowledging right mm-hmm. the families that are capable and able to host thanksgiving they're moving further and further away True. from the cities mm-hmm. and it is a much more difficult journey yeah. to go to those to those places um and I think that the people that are in the cities are in smaller and smaller spaces. Of course, of course. And so 
you know, it sounds great that you want to have this really big gathering, but if it's actually uncomfortable or you actually yeah. can't seat people, it becomes very, very difficult um, to manage. And the reality is, is that even if you lived in a beautiful apartment, right? Like you're maxing out my nigga at like 10, like after about 10, it yeah. becomes a little uncomfortable, my nigga. Yeah, and yeah. It's, so everybody in, in, in every little space in the corner and you're tripping over people. And if there's kids there, then it goes another level because kids are running around. And kids running around. Earl, Earl, Earl and bet on the game, so he got to go watch the game. Exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I used yeah. to... No, go ahead, Sean, finish. No, 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 go ahead. I'm done. I was going to say, I used to... um, And Jeff knows this. I would pack my apartment out, but it definitely mm-hmm. couldn't be... But you had a big apartment, like a, though. It would be like a, a afternoon or evening event with maybe one random child is there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe mm. it's definitely not for like all the day long situation. And we would yeah. maximize the space. But the other thing is that to y'all's point, I think that, you know, the 40 year olds and the 50 year olds felt very different when we were 20. Absolutely. And 10. Absolutely. And it's people don't don't see that they're in that position now right mm-hmm. I, I i even i remember hitting 40 being like oh shit i'm like oh my god i'm the grown-up for real for real like that mm-hmm. 40 was like really quick for me like i'm a whole ass fucking grown-up and yeah, i still feel like an imposter hosting yeah and family so because they felt so much older and more mm-hmm. seasoned and all this other stuff and and the grand you know i remember my grandma i remember my grandma being 50 she felt older you know what i mean so much older like, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. so, but I also think that, you know, to your point of letting Big Mama sit down, letting the elders sit down, you can let them sit down on that one stool every elder got in that kitchen and tell you what to do. Because mm-hmm. that's the other problem is that these people oh. haven't asked or yeah. watched or sat at that, that big ass home. They have no idea what to do. And, learn and, what to and, do. and aside from that, I just want to say this as somebody that wish I could have gotten this time back. If you have elders in your family, particularly during this time of season, sit down and talk with them. Like, Absolutely. and when I say talk with them, I don't mean about like right now. Like, ask them about their life. Let them talk to you about your family's history. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I sorely miss was, and and I just had this conversation when I went to South Carolina, is how my sister, before she passed, my sister was the one she was able to rattle off amazing amounts of my family history. Mm. Amazing amounts of my family I couldn't, how she kept up with everyone's birthdays and names, mm-hmm. how we were related and how, and how she was able to literally just r- rattle that shit off to me was just the most fascinating thing. Like mm-hmm. I regret that I didn't, I didn't really sit with my mom in a way that allowed her to talk about her childhood. Right. Because, you know, back then, like, you know, shit was real. Like, you know, my parents, you know, they were older. Right. So they grew up in a, they, nigga, before pre Brown versus board of ed, nigga, they were in segregation schools and all that shit. So it's not necessarily a history that they wanted to just relive or talk about easily. And I'm not saying you should pry, but I'm just saying, engage them in a way that allows them to talk about those things and sort of you can get some idea of your family history, your family mm-hmm. past, your interconnections. Um, and like you said, now also one of the things that I loved um, particularly about this holiday was that my wife was able to literally have my mother like 
in the kitchen with her. Mm. So we had those, we had those like those years of like, show me how to make this. And then of course my mother doesn't have shit written down. Never. So you know, one is like literally hovering over her. So yeah. like that's how we actually got the recipe for the red velvet cake. There was never a recipe for that red velvet cake right. that my mom and, and Mona literally had to do it, and she had to do it like in these very specific steps. She was like, "You can't put it all in the bowl at the same time. You got to do it like this. You got to mm. do this first. But it was amazing, you know what I'm saying? And now to see Jordan be able to get that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because she's sitting under, she's in the kitchen and she's like, oh, okay, I'll just do the cupcakes. So I'll do, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or I'll help with this. So it's really, really a dope time if you can. But like I said, I, I, I totally get that the people say that the family portion of this is lost. And I think that we just miss a lot of the logistics and we, you know, people just don't. And frankly, the, if we talk about economics, like yo, dude, Thanksgiving is really fucking expensive. Oh, fucking expensive, bro. It's really expensive, bro. Yeah, man. I remember the really go ahead no, really go ahead. accessible way to do this is Travis started um, just interviewing his family members and just using his phone to record. Oh, to record it. So if you're in the kitchen, the phone's gonna be there anyway. Yeah, just, just put your the phone. Recording, you never know what you're gonna catch, especially with those recipes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started writing stuff down, and like now, I'm pretty good, but mm-hmm. I can pass that to somebody. You know, we um on my mom's side of the family, we have a designated. Well, on my mom, on my grandmother, my maternal grandmother's side of the family, we have designated family griots in every generation. And mm. my, my great uncle, her her brother, I remember him literally doing that. Him sitting, he would have a tape recorder. And then my cousin Burnett would do the same thing, sit with people, have a tape recorder. I'm fortunate. And then I come from a family of hams and storytellers on both my grandmother and my grandmother's side. So every holiday I was regaled. I know stories about people three generations before me. You know what I mean? Because I've heard them so many times. I know of all these people who I never saw if they were dead long before, who were dead before my mama was born, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my cousin did the same. I'm next after my cousin so fortunate but on my grandfather's side that's where all the cooking is i still got some recipes i gotta go sit at my at my um she's my godmother but also my great my cousin grand cousin whatever i need still need to sit with her because there's a couple there's a biscuit recipe i don't have yet mm. um you know it's, it's a little some little extras on the greens and the fried chicken and i need to get a hold of yeah I need to go do that same thing go sit because you call my you call my godmother frankie she gonna tell you what was on sale at the store, what she bought, what she made. I went on down to. They had the greens so like, on. They had, yeah, she's like, <laughs> you know, they had they had some uh, they had some pork loin on sale. I had it in the mm. freezer, so I figured mm. let me go ahead and take that out because I take had, that uh, out because I, I know y'all be turnips, making that. And I needed to wash I, them turnips and get them out there. And I said mm. maybe do a little cream corn. Go <laughs> <laughs> ahead. That's exactly how that conversation is gonna go. I always, I always tell, uh, say when obviously years ago I was in college and one spring break I went to Kentucky, um, and our spring break was in March, so everybody was in, still in school, like uh, the kids and stuff was in high school, and I went and stayed with my grandfather, um, and every morning like we would just 
I would wake up. He'd see you. I didn't think he was only ever get up. I'd be getting up at like nine o'clock. He think he think I'll slip till like one in the afternoon. You know what I'm saying? And then I'd get up and then sit on the porch, and he would li- like literally just tell me. I'd be, and I would just ask questions. So how did you meet my grandmother? Where did you live? And I just I mean I didn't tape it. And I, I, you know I, back then I they didn't have that type of uh, the technology wasn't that advanced, but I still remember that. Um, those days of two, coming two, maybe three days, two and a half days, just be getting up with him and just talking and talking and talking all, uh, you know, the whole day and just being able to ask all the questions about the family. Fortunately, I have, uh, an older cousin, Levon, who's like Sean's sister, who can like rattle the shit off, blah, 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 about a few of my cousins. And I have a younger cousin, Lisa, who I'm watching become that. Like I'm watching her become that. She's like always asking, her, and she'll know everybody's birthday. She no, no. I'm like, how did you know that? And then on my father's side, my aunt Penny, who I speak of, she knows all that stuff. Like she knows this and that. And matter of fact, my aunt Penny gave me um uh, uh a couple years ago. She said, I got something for you. So I hooked up with her, and she gave me these Bibles. Because oh, back in the day, Bible. yes, yeah, yeah when, when you get the Bible with my the, the, my father's my my uncle, my mm-hmm. father, and Penny's name in it. With the with the birthday and all that, and the, I was like, wow! Yeah. So I still got those in my stories. Like, yeah, yeah. My so it's good if you got some of that stuff. Please, like, don't. Yeah. And I got millions of um, photo albums too that I'm trying to figure out. That's the other thing that um, we do take a lot of pictures now, but it's different. We take the selfies and the the stunting kind of pictures. Whereas when you they look at the older photo the albums, family, yes, photos. yes, yeah. and, so, and so later on, you'd be like, who is that? And you could get that one aunt, like Sean's sister, be like, "Oh, that's blah, 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 blah. you know, it might not even be related, but they was part of it. that that type of thing." I don't want to say it's lost because I don't know if it's lost, but it doesn't it's feel the same. It changed, yeah. and, I, and I know we off on tangent, but this is Thanksgiving. No, but this is Thanksgiving stuff. This is all so, Thanksgiving. Here, so I have the historian in me and the storyteller in me, but also the borderline hoarder in me, I have an issue with how quickly we just forewent everything in favor of digitization. Like, we just completely... Mm. Like, it wasn't even like a transition. Niggas just gave physical shit up wholly. And I believe there's a certain level of archival that's actually, and this is not just on a personal thing, this is happening institutionally. There's a level of archival that's been lost because of trust in the internet, right? Mm -hmm. And and digital media, which is really like it's convenient, but it's but it's fallible. Like if it fail, if if it fails you, you it's gone forever. It's gone, right? And I think, especially when I think of um, family mementos, like photos, like correspondence, um, I have my grandparents' college yearbooks. You know what I'm saying? I have- Yeah, I got my my mother's yearbook, yep. Yeah, I have my grandmother's um, Delta chapter photo that has Strong Thurman's daughter in it. Like, I knew that story when I was a teenager because Mm. they stayed together. And my grandfather and my uncle JT, who was his running buddy- used to go to Senator Thurman's office to get money for his for daughter, daughter to take back the state. You know, so I used wow. to hear those stories. and I, But I was also the kid, and I think this might have been the benefit to being my mother's only child, their only grandchild, but also um, I was the only 
cousin in my the only of any of the second third cousins in my age range everybody was four years younger four years older so I would be by myself a lot so I would ask questions they'd be telling mm-hmm. stories and I'd be like well who was that mm-hmm. well, when was that? well what happened with that like you do have to be curious and I do think that um there there are some families like Jason is just starting to learn shit like family gossip from when he was a kid and he's almost mm-hmm. 50. I'm like, you ain't asked, you were near him, but he was out, he was playing, you know, <laughs> he was playing with, with his, with his cousins and stuff. So I was also very curious and nosy and as, as was my mother. So we, you know, so I can ask her the stuff I don't remember, whatever, but yeah, I think that between like the, the digitization of everything, we don't think of photos as, as special anymore because we don't keep, like you used to pull out, flip through the, the album. photo. Yeah. At, at, at Thanksgiving, like you, you eventually somebody would go get the photo albums and you start yeah. passing around. Like I said, you start asking those questions like, when was this and who's and that? Now we and we take these pictures and don't even look back at them for real unless nah. we got to post them on socials for something. We don't, yeah. we don't do nothing with them. We don't frame them. We don't, you know, yeah. we don't put them in. A, I feel like you still have to assign some preciousness to these things now the family bible again to tell to tell a family story my grandfather so my uh all his first cousins were like his siblings he was the only child and so my great-grandmother was like their mother to them after their mother died and there was like 13 of them they all worked for in some capacity in some way either at the service or whatever in conjunction with our local funeral home right um there and when they buried my great-grandmother they buried the family bible with her he did not pay the back end of the funeral bill and wasn't speaking to some of them because of that until he died because yeah, they, he was like you had no right that's the family you could have yeah. buried her personal bible how you buried the family bible? yeah like, who and now it's gone it's in the dirt i can't get it back gone. yeah exactly like i'm mad about it because you know mm-hmm. they used to stick photos in there yeah there's all kind of stuff in there it'd be like little pieces of from the palm sunday and all kind of shit you know exactly yeah you know exactly yeah so so we do need to yeah. uh, take time i think it's on gen x and millennials to actually like excavate some practices that we were just so used to happening automatically yeah that we didn't foster the care like sean said families are more spread out they're not as concentrated as it used to be home houses don't exist no more like that that one house where that everybody went through yeah after your cousin got out of jail after somebody went to the army and came back after you lost your job and had to move back after you got divorced and had to move back after you need to send your kids someplace there was that one house it mm. was always someone else in that house you could send everybody you knew you just showed up at that house somebody was gonna be at that house we have one home house left my my family. Somebody was gonna be at their house. There's probably gonna be some food. That 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 house used to exist for almost everybody. That house don't. That used to be the holiday house. That house don't exist yeah, anymore. That's over. Yeah, mama's so, house. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping some of these traditions don't get lost because, you know, they. You know, I hate to sound like the old nigga, but like you know, the youth. You know, kind of feel like their way is their new way is the better way. And in some cases, it might be, but in a lot of cases, these older traditions is what rooted the family in the culture. And to like, we don't want to, you know, the whole, you know, putting old records, y'all dancing, all that type of shit. Like that's, that means a lot, man. You know, that yeah. it really means, uh, means a lot. And I hope, um, I hope I see that um, on Instagram this, this, this week, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, so like, since we on, well, I'm, I, so since we on the Thanksgiving, she must well keep it going. So what I wanted to ask is, and I, we do this every year, but what are y'all favorite and not favorite 
Thanksgiving foods? Foods? Well, to make or to eat? To eat, to eat. To my, eat. Favorite, my favorite to eat is uh, the dressing. Because that's Thanks. what my mama does. And and, and <laughs> watch my mama make it, learn how to make it, and now she got it. So that's my favorite to eat, and also because it's like it's it's literally once a year. Like we don't, this is not made. Yeah, you ain't making dressing on a random Saturday. In July. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. just it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and my my least favorite is banana pudding. That shit is terrible. What? I knew I knew Naima was gonna come off mute as soon as I said that. She took up, but she had her finger on that button like a fucking game show host. Um, like family too. But banana pudding is terrible to me. I hate the fucking texture. That shit is disgusting. I don't I don't eat it. I, I think I might have tried it when I was a very young kid. I it, it took years for my sister-in-law to get the memo that I did not eat banana. She would always go, oh, I made banana pudding. I'd be like, I do not. I'm not yeah, going like, to eat I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not I love banana pudding so much. Um, I love it. So my one of my favorites is also dressing. And I finally, I used to have one of my cousins, the, the brother of the godmother I was just talking about, uh, make a pan for me all the time and in his pans he started getting a little lazy them pans started getting dry so i was like mm. okay let me figure out my own so i finally got my own uh dressing recipe but like sean said i don't i don't make it often because it's to make it the way i want it it's a multi-step process like it takes a lot of work um mm. so but but i will i can eat i can easily eat half a pan of dressing just i will eat it just a plate of dressing with some gravy um and ham which I'm making this. Oh yeah, year. you always talk about ham. Yeah. No, you y'all know that the fr- I told somebody the other, I was, we were talking about the pandemic, and I told somebody like first week of the pandemic, the first few days I made that ham. I love a ham. <laughs> now you I be putting the ham. pineapples on the outside with the cherries. And, not and the, the ring, not the ring pineapples <laughs> and cherries, but I use um I do use pineapple juice and actual canned both both regular pineapple juice and actually pineapple juice from like canned pineapples and um. And mm. orange juice and ginger ale, but I pack the brown sugar around it. I try, I do like a honey baked ham, so I pack the brown sugar and honey okay. around it and do it in the juice and baste it and all of that. Okay, what about you, Ika? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite because I'd be snacking all day, so by the time I get to dinner time, I'm not even like hungry, but really probably hungry like. like that, yeah. What I love most is getting the second plate. So whatever came out really, really good, that mm. second plate has it. So That's it's usually right. like ham, a little bit of sweet potatoes, mac and cheese, and like a little sliver of cranberry is usually my, my second plate. <clears throat> Obviously, if, if done right, I if done right, I still like a good piece of turkey. Like if done right. Now, you know, some people's turkey be too dry and this and that, but if done right, a good piece of turkey with, you know, the gravy or in the little white thing that you pour the gravy out of the little gravy bowl, gravy bowl thing. I, I, that, that still be hitting for me. And I hate, um, and almost it's a traditional Thanksgiving dessert, but I really don't like German chocolate cake. I don't like coconut anything. So there's any type of coconut anything, I'm out immediately. I'm good. Don't like any coconut cake. I love a coconut cake. I, I don't like anything coconut. That that little, ugh, I don't like. I don't like coconut water. Like I don't like uh, some about coconut. Just 
turns me off. I don't like that shit mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I'm 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 not good with the coconut. Um but yeah, y'all have a good Thanksgiving out there. You know, y'all y'all that's traveling, be safe and all that good stuff. Um I wanted to mention um Andre three thousand's album. If you're listening, you'll probably listen. If you're listening to it. I have listened. Okay, okay. So go ahead. What, what's your thoughts? I think it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. He mm. was who we thought we, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the famous quote. Like, I don't, um, it's a fucking instrumental album of a nigga playing the flute. And it sounds like an instrumental album of a nigga playing the flute. It's very spa. It's very, you know what I'm saying? I'm a stretch in the morning. It's very, I need to fucking unwind. Um, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. I can't be like, oh, this is the greatest flute album ever, because I've never listened to a nigga play the flute, right? Like, so I don't have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. But it's not to me like I don't feel like there's like this weirdly overly musical sense. Like the simplicity also makes it very entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't need you, you know, that was always my issue with jazz for me personally, it's like, it's a very intricate, it's a very, it's a, it's a musician's music, Mm -hmm. right? Like you really got to understand music in a way that is super complex and really kind of get certain things. And I think that this just doesn't do that, which is perfectly fine for a regular listener, for a person who's actually consuming it. It's accessible, right? It's going to do numbers. Okay. That nigga going to have the whole, uh, um, the whole feature, he getting ready to get all that bread from the, from from the people putting you on hold. He getting ready to get all that bread from the spa. <laughs> yep, all, all that bread money. from the spa. Yeah, spa money, spa money, yoga, money. yoga, yoga mat money, yoga money. <laughs> the, the, the music channels where it be the fire on the TV screen. Yep, yep. some shit be smooth in the background. Yep. He getting ready to get Only all that. Channels. Yep. Okay, Man, and so yeah. and so so yeah, he ain't doing numbers because I saw somebody post that, and it's just like. My nigga, like first of all, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a pocket watcher, and I'm, and I'm not going, you know, talk about his bread. But I would be very hard pressed to think that Andre 3000 was stressing and putting this out in some sort of commercial way. No. We right. have seen the Andre sightings for years. Mm-hmm. Andre would be in a, an, in front of a random fucking subway. He'll be in front <laughs> of a random Trader Joe's. Walking down the street. And it'd be like the most weird motherfucker. Hey, is that Andre? And then he'll take a picture, right? Yep. And he's got these really big, you know, big instruments. So clearly he was, this was his thing. This was his outlet. Right. Um, and listen, I get it. He was like, yo, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have anything to rap about. And, um, you know, listen, I, I, I can understand why someone like that would, would, would say that it, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Right. So I'm not really going to break down why I think that's, you know, not necessarily true. I think this was, this was the evolution of a person who was creative yeah. and, he found this thing that made him feel good in the same way he found how rap made him feel good. There's no surprise why many, many great artists do other things very well. Mm-hmm. They right. draw very well. Yeah, they they play multiple instruments mm-hmm. very well. They, they There's a creative bug in them that just cannot be contained. And that's kind of what I felt this was, um, you know, 
Is anybody going to be booking Andre 3000 to hear the flute album? No, I don't think he's going to be at Coachella. No, I don't think he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> he's going to be down to the SES. You know what I'm saying? But I think, I think he did something that he wanted to do just by the sheer idea that he did press and and was like accessible yeah. and seemed to be engaged in a way that we haven't seen in fucking easily 15 years. We haven't seen Andre like this in easily 15 years. Yeah, I enjoyed like I enjoyed the the interview uh with uh what's that was that no, GQ. GQ. I enjoyed the GQ interview like more than the music just to, just to see him like I said talk be accessible be you know just be him and just kind of like you know he wasn't guarded I don't, I don't know if he knows that writer previously but they definitely have a good rapport and chemistry and the writer clearly did you know knows knows all about Andre and did his homework and knew how how to ask him questions to get him to talk um and Andre was very comfortable with him and they was in a damn laundromat <laughs> you know what I'm saying like and Andre right. was literally like I'm doing my clothes he was like you know I like to do my clothes. It's like kind of like a peaceful, solitary thing for me. I actually like to do laundry too. It's like a peaceful, solitary thing to do. So like, I enjoy, I just enjoyed the interview when he I didn't necessarily clear anything up because there was nothing that needed to be cleared up, but he t- just talked about his experience. He talked about the Coachella thing. He talked about you know, that Sean just said of why he's not rapping anymore. And at, at the end of that, it was kind of like, what else is there to say? You know, he he gave yeah. you all the answers that people have been asking about. and But I think he's been, to Sean's point, I think he's been giving us those answers over the past decade. I just think niggas just didn't want to own it. Because yeah, every night again, cause like, every night again he'd do a feature yeah. and it would be fire. And this would be like, oh, wait, wait, he's still fire. Right. And I get that. And I'm just like, you know, so Jason's from, from Georgia. So he's been stomping around the house because he, like, Andre's playing in my <laughs> face and all that stuff. And I'm like, is he, how is he playing in your face when this has literally been what this man been doing for the past decade? This is exact. This is to Sean's point. This is exactly what we should have expected him to do was come out with some with some flute shit, yeah. um, and and being a and being a damn Otis pose. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like playing the flute. This is what he's been on. And I, I also don't agree that 48 means you have nothing to rap about. I can see why he might feel like he has nothing to rap about. That's, yes. Yes. If, the life that he lives right now is so far removed. Yeah. Like, Speakerbox Love Below, Andre was still in his 20s, I think. Yeah. Like, might be early 30s. Maybe 30 or 31. 30. So it was 20 yeah. years ago. So he was, yeah, it was 20 years ago. So he was 28. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he, that's a different world. He got a whole grown kid now. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit is different, right? Mm-hmm. That's, was, why, that's why I was saying, I totally agree. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. sorry. Uh-huh. No, I was just going to say, I, that. that's what people were like, you know, and, and, you know, piece to, to Kel's friend's show, she mentioned that, like, she think it's bullshit, which I agree, right? Like to say that you don't, ha- there's nothing to rap about. It's not the same thing as saying, it's, it's different than saying, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say, mm-hmm. yeah. When you, when you have a person that is, and I, and I say this with all sincerity, right? Like, I don't think Andre 
set out to make commercial records, right? Like when he goes into the studio, he does, I don't get that him and Big Boy had ever been under some formulated plan. I think Um, the first one kind of thing. I think the first one. Yeah, I mean, because it was, yeah, they 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 were a little heavily A and R. Yeah. And and so they were, so they were guided in a way that they, that, that, that success of that first album kind of broke them out of those chains, which is why you see such a distinct difference as those mm-hmm. albums progressed and they were able to do their own thing. But I mean, look, to me, I just think that a, a guy like that, not necessarily wanting to rap or not necessarily having anything to add is normal because the things that he has added in that space has been so monumental. They've been right. so mm-hmm. incredible and feeling that pressure of needing to be able to, um, do or live up to that thing. It's no different than Jay. We know Jay for a decade, he held it down for eight straight summers, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was bang, 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 bang. And listen, as you get older, as your life changes, as the things change around you, you know, you're not necessarily eager to just put shit out. So you're not, you're getting these gaps between albums. You would get these gaps between albums with Nas. You'd get these gaps between albums with people. It's what mm-hmm. we're asking. It's literally what we're begging. What some of us, me included, are begging Drake to do right now. Right? Is the like break. take a break, live some life. The thing about Dre is that you know I would guess I'm I'm not a rapper, but I know that creative output when it feels forced is very heavy. Right? And I'm I'm guessing that features feel manageable. That mm. I did because he says he really wanted to. He, he tried to do a rap album. He said he sat with all kind of people, met with producers, collaborators, all kind of shit. It just wasn't there. But thing I, the thing that has always troubled me about this incessant focus on on Dre's elusiveness is that meanwhile, Big Boy spitting sixteen bars every forty eight hours. You know what I'm saying? Like Big yeah. raps his ass off and has and has continued to. And I feel like we don't appreciate the genius of Big. No, not that you should. Dre is the one that's hard to hold. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that yeah, we don't appreciate the uh, genius of Big like we should. I think he um, has over the last few years. I think I think the appreciation for Big Boy over the last few years has increased significantly. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a elder statesman level of respect for him. Um, but I definitely don't know that he is as appreciated uh, lyrically um, over the duration of that span that yeah. I think, you know, I don't think people really give get, give him that um, sort of just do, but I don't think he's underappreciated, right? Like, I don't think right. he's thrown by the wayside in, in, in any way. Um, and I think, yeah, listen, you're going to get some, some hot shit, but that's the other thing. Big boy's still outside. Big boy is still outside, crazy. He's just a different nigga outside, outside. crazy. He, be, yeah. he stay outside, and I do also want to just emphasize that Big posted the the promo for Dre's album. You know, they still, oh, yeah, they friends. They still, they, they, still they brothers. They still family. They just, you know, living in different worlds, but they, and, they brothers. And my for thing life. is, as long as Big, my thing is like, as long as Big understands, like, if Big himself ain't complaining about what Dre is, then I who are we? Any of us have a right. Yeah, you're right. You know who the mean? fuck are we to complain? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I love the interview, and I just think some when people, the rare few people who reach that height, some people take to it like a moth to a flame, and some, you know, some people are, are repelled from it, and some people are. are 
I don't know if let down is the right term, but I think I feel like and I'm talking shit because I was having this conversation with him. But I feel like Dre reached that that apex level that very few people have reached. You know, album of the year, like biggest you know artist in the world type shit, diamond album, all that. And you know, there were of course a lot of perks that came with that that I think he enjoyed. But I think also he was kind of like. He yeah. found his album. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. Like probably kind of vapid, I think. Yeah, kind of vapid, exactly. So he, I think that's also what made him retreat. He's like, yeah. And he said in the interview, he said something that I think a lot of people skipped over. He was like, "Yo, being famous sucks." Yeah. <laughs> he said. He said, "Yo, it's definitely a lot of perks that came along with it, and I'm not, and I'm very grateful, and I'm very proud of what we did as a group. Like, I'm not." downplaying or anything but a lot of being famous just sucks like not being able to just walk around with your family or go to the movies but and i think that's why he has gone out of his way to find normalcy right and walk around and go to the store and go to the laundry bag and go to the supermarket you know i mean when you get on at 19 right when you get on at 19 that shit is probably sexy till like your first kid gets here you can't move around or Mm -hmm. something like that like once you probably hit 30 you probably like, all right, nigga, I just need to go to I mean, the other part. Go the other the part of this last. Go ahead, Tony. And the last thing I'll say about this, the last thing I'll say about this is a lot of this, a lot of the I don't want to say negative, because that might be the wrong word, but a lot of the negative feedback that he gets, I think, is a measure of people feeling like what they would live, how mm-hmm. they would live. In That's exactly shoes, what it is. How they would walk in those shoes, right? And they can't grasp how someone is being reluctant or doesn't want to embrace, um, you know, the spoils, right? Like that's the, that's really what this shit is about. You know what I'm saying? At, at its core, right? It's just not really being able to understand because to be quite honest, I'm sure there are tons of, of, of other artists that have done this, right? That were not black and and definitely mm. not rappers. Well, right? there's and plenty so, of artists that have done it that aren't rappers. Um, Quest did a post where he was talking about how, because, and, and Sean's going to roll his eyes a little bit, but, you know, he's into, like, the departure albums, those albums that artists do who are known for one thing and then they go in a different... different direction for a little while and we just aren't used to seeing it to sean's point from rappers but i think there's also like when you're an artist and a perfectionist i think there's two types of perfectionist artists there's the ones who have to consistently create like a prince and then there's the ones who after a while they will just let gaps of time pass until the muse literally picks them up and sits them in a chair and then we get what we get and I think that's what Dre is. That's who Maxwell is. That's who Sade is. You know what I mean? I think that's That's like, kind of what Kendrick is becoming. That's what Kendrick has become. And I and I think that as artists evolve from the hungry young cat to get on. So like the whole point is to have the freedom to go in the direction that you want to go. That's a blessing. Cause we got Lauren Hill out here who clearly don't want to be on tour. And that energy shows up all the time. All the time. But them mad, tax, mad that she got to do a show. The tax man be knocking. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. For him to have the luxury to say, "I'm gonna put out the fuck what the fuck I feel like," we should celebrate that. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so peace to Andre. Um, I'm still and I'm still a massive fan. Um, I just want to mention the Drake album. I'm sure y'all haven't. Uh, none of y'all listened to it. Well, it's not even an album. 
he tagged six records onto the back of um, the For the Dogs out, but he changed the titles called Scary Hours 3. He does a series of um, EPs called Scary Hours. It usually puts out before he puts out now, but this time it came afterwards. Um, and it's just like six like rap songs. Like there's no choruses. There's no one. There's one chorus. The last song has a cor- a bit of a chorus and a little bit of singing. But besides that, it's just rapping. It's like he's just rapping his ass off, addressing different things. He's got him and J Cole have a great song together as well. Um, and it's kind of like people have said, "Yo, when's Drake just gonna do like a hardcore rap project?" And he he just kind he just did that actually, and it's good. He's rapping his ass off. I can say he addresses a lot of things. Um, and not really talking about girls much. It's just rap, rap, rap beefs, and just rapping to be rapping. But you know, it's enjoyable on some on some hard hardcore hip hop shit. Um, but I do like I said. Now he's done this. Um, I know him and Cole are touring, which is interesting because he's, they're touring very small markets. I've never seen a major artist do this. Like they're touring like. Well, he just but like, he just did he just did a um yeah the a big ones market. yes he yes so now he's out so he's got to do. But I figured, like, with him and Cole, as big as artists as they are, they would kind of... But he's doing, like, you know, like, Des Moines, Iowa, and, like, right. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, like, these all these secondary markets, you know, Binghamton and shit like that. Um, but after that, uh, I may, I'm assuming there might be a Cole him, him project at some point, but I agree that he should... I would like to see him take a little bit of break, too, and that, you know, kind of... Yeah, and him doing those, those that ain't even secondary, what it sounds like, tertiary markets? Yeah, small about, markets. I don't know about Cole. I know Cole enjoys intimate venues, but for Drake, the fact that he just came off an arena tour, the fact that he went back out on tertiary markets tells me that Drake also needs some cash. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah could be. Somebody said that online, and people were, like, trying to say that she was calling Drake broke, but I mean, like... Our, I am of the opinion that unless you are on a world tour, when you keep going back out on different market runs, you you want a cash grab. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you can get it, get it. Mm-hmm. But I guess especially if he's like he's gonna take a break for a minute after because yeah, you know, right there are a lot so of people who get paid before he gets paid. A lot of yeah, he's got a, he, he's a, he's a corporation. You know what I'm saying? He's got. A, I mean, also a lot of the way his pay. deal is structured from his release. I think a lot of that is gone now. Like a lot of those people okay. are gone. But you're right. It was it wasn't a point where like mad people was getting paid. I think that's all been kind of worked out. But again, he carries a lot of debt. You know, he's a lot of like a lot of people get paid off of him. So. Um, you know, um, so I saw this thing online a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to address it last week, but, but, um, Sean had to go. Um, so there's a, in, um, Inca and, um, Naomi, you could probably address this better than me even. There was this thing about sassy men on, uh, social media. So there was a, um, and, uh, I think he's a Pakistani or he's an East Asian oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah, yeah. Pakistani guy, really good looking, yeah, really good looking guy, and he's he was on TikTok uh, and Instagram, basically saying he he calls himself sassy, and I don't I don't think he was gay. I don't think so. Uh, it doesn't matter if he was, but I, no, I'm no. just kind of like I'm a very go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, and can break it down because I know you're the TikTok, you're the TikTok. Uh, I just want to uh, let you guys expert. know before this, before she jumped in, there was a big ass hand waving across the street. <laughs> like, no, no, nigga, no, nigga, no. In his tracks. <laughs> hey, you're the TikTok expert. You go ahead. I forget his username, but there's a guy on TikTok 
who, okay, first there's a trend on TikTok that's from that song, with my twin, we be, wow, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. In the mm -hmm. cut with my, okay, so there's that. He did that in one of his videos because he's that just little, in the, the little car. Dance with, the, with the little L's in your finger. Right. He just sits in the car and talks about, like, I'm a good boyfriend and, like, you, you know, just these little snippets. Somebody called him sassy in the video and he was like, okay, I'll be sassy. And he <laughs> kept doing the little L thing. <clears throat> so then... I guess that morphed into whatever this is on Instagram that I didn't catch wind of, but other men saying, yeah, we sassy, we groom ourselves and we do the yeah. TikTok dances too and, you know, still get pussy. It's like being like the ultra metrosexual. But then, of course, there was controversy because a, a black gay man came on one of the platforms and said, all you black women are going up for this sassy man because he's like a really good looking, lighter skinned man. But if a black man came on and said he's sassy, y'all would destroy him and say, he, you know, you're not a real man, you're gay, blah, blah, blah. And that, that created like a little bit of a wave. It wasn't like a massive thing, but it created a little bit of a wave going, wave going back and forth how people are judged you know, differently based on their race and on their looks. Um, I don't. I don't know if I agreed with him or not. I, I didn't. Go, I didn't go that deep on it to think about it, but um, I just thought the, the whole kind of sassy thing was interesting because I do remember when metrosexual was were a thing a few years ago. That was that that term became like kind of a thing, a, a genre in and of itself. Yeah, it started and, from Queer um, yeah. Eye. Oh, is that where it started? Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know that. I never watched Queer Eye. Um, but it became like. Like, okay, but then it became a, a slur, almost like, are you a metrosexual? Oh. <laughs> it became like, because because you liked to God forbid take care of yourself. And his nails are clean. And yeah, and you, and you know, you make like, sure your skin is nice. It's like, you're a metrosexual now. What? I think I ignored this completely because um, the video was giving very, like, whataboutism. And nobody was talking to you. Like, it wasn't that serious. I think people yeah. have to make everything kind of about themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the internet is where nuance goes to die. So definitely, I ignored yeah. it altogether. So I probably didn't see that in my algorithm because of that. Yeah. I'm a little I sassy. Think... I I'm going to buy that. I'm a little sassy. I could be a little sassy. I mean, I think... I'm sassy, <laughs> he says pause. Get out of here. Context... Well, I'm both. Get, get a nigga who can do both. <laughs> Right. No. Context is everything because I think about like that used to be part of Will Smith's shtick back in the day. Sometimes would be to act like a little sad. He wouldn't be able to get away with it now because people say it was homophobic and whatever. Mm -hmm. But like Just that, that real quick tangent though. Like also, everybody who was online saying Will Smith was not fine and was not nineties fine is lying. Get fuck out. Will Smith has been fine since the first day I ever laid eyes on him. That yeah. is a beautiful man. Big Please ears continue. and all. Big ears and all. Big ears and all. He's definitely always a cutie. Um, I think not only is it internet where nuance goes to die, it is where context goes to die. It's exhausting. Everything must be applicable to all the things at one time. And, and there is no situational like consideration anywhere ever so thankfully i missed that um yeah. I, the, I saw people doing 
the thing with so the good, elves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I didn't really know what the and I, I saw the original dude do it. I just and I knew he I knew he kicked the trend off, but I just didn't know what the trend was. But mm-hmm. Inka be Inka lives on the clock app. So she Inka yeah, Inka be known with popping on that top board. Um I, I, we, we have to, I, I like it too. We have to mention um uh Puff Daddy, P Diddy, that brother love. I'm still I'm, you know uh, not personalized. We have to mention that uh, Cassie filed a civil lawsuit against him for various abuses, uh, physical, mental, emotional abuses. Uh, the number, the number that's been rumored is thirty million, but I don't know what that, what the, what the actual number. Well, no, the, but the number that she sued him for was thirty million. Yeah, but I don't I'm, know what they settled I, on. I'm hearing it was upwards of a hundred million. Was the nah, I, I, from 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 my understanding, when it was filed, that there was unspecified damages in the suit. I I believe that they were trying to iron this out prior to that suit getting into public in, in court mm. and whatever occurred um, that didn't happen. I think the number was thrown out that it was 30 million. We're not sure because the, the suit does not specify damages is the point. Got it. But we got do it. know, but we do know for sure that they settled because that was confirmed by both his attorney and her attorney. Very, very, very much. The following day. Very, very quickly. quickly. Not that that is an admission of guilt. No. How, howsoever. No. Yet, and again, not to put, and so let me, let me, let me, let me get the elephant out the room right now, just real quick. A lot of y'all are going to be frustrated about how we talk about this because nobody on this podcast who has any tangential association or proximity to, um, Sean John Combs or any of his business dealings are, are going about are about to sit here and say, I remember when I saw Puff do XYZ on no. this podcast. That's yeah, so if you definitely <laughs> I can tell you right right now, nigga, you That's go to the bathroom, you, you go get you some meat. <laughs> yeah, you put your shit on Doritos, nigga. That is not That's about me. to happen. That's not but happening. But I want to also explain it. It is not about protecting him. It, so I, I'm gonna speak for me. I tweeted something the other day and as, and I think people know like I not only did I start at Bad Boy although I was an intern um but it's a it was a very small staff so I started at Bad Boy but I also worked for someone who used to do all puffs um parties and events so I spent a significant amount of my career in close proximity to puff in and out of his houses and also a lot of my friends in the business are or were at one time very much in his inner circle right that's that's my family tree my family tree is an uptown bad boy family tree that's my business family tree however there are things i know that i won't talk about because they're not my stories Mm -hmm. to tell they're not my stories to tell and there are people i love who would be impacted by me on a platform telling them out of context out of turn you know what i mean to to no benefit also right just just for the sake of quote unquote spilling tea i think the reality because somebody was because i tweeted that all the all these boogeyman stories that people make up about puff there's so many of these stories floating around and some of them are based in kernels of things that really happen but a lot of them are just exaggerated to like these you know big bag monster and he is he's you know stuff in cassie's suit i'm not 
that shit is probably just more of that, right? But I'm just saying, like, the fact that people are trying to say that everybody who ever died anywhere anywhere near him is somehow connected to him, like, that shit is all spectacle. Mm. And unfortunately, the truer stories, even if people do tell them, are not just going to get lost. People are going to keep adding sauce yeah. and extra it's shit like post on office. them yeah. to make them bigger because they need these very big they need to believe these very big things about him now mm-hmm. and somebody was asking me and i've seen people ask this of folks before like a suge knight or something else like then why don't the people who know correct the record and my thing was like i said a it's not my story to tell b the internet i the like the last thing i want is to see something i said transformed morphed expanded heaped upon taken out of the car and then somebody be like naima cochran who used to do that? Of course, so I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not trying to I'm not do getting that. involved in that shit. Right. So it's not. This is not about protecting him. It is about protecting other people, and it is about knowing which stories are yours to actually mm-hmm. tell. And so that's. So I just want to put that out there. Anybody who was tuning in to Pop Life, like, oh, these niggas been around since the '90s. They about to tell us some shit. No, we not. Yeah, I'm definitely that's not that's not my bag. Um, and I think that we've always done a fair job of saying, hey, this is not a space I'm going to dig into or mm-hmm. this, do you know what I'm saying? For multiple reasons, good, bad or indifferent. You know, mm-hmm. we've been mm-hmm. very transparent about our relationships with people. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all, I, I think you had basically been under a rock. If you don't know about the suit at this point, you, you know, obviously the allegations were substantial and significant. And um, the only thing I wanted to add was that I don't think people understand like how these things work. They, and, they definitely um, don't. They, do they definitely do not understand. Talk about that. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of, there's a lot of soapboxing. There's a lot of pontificating. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, people, um, you know, kind of going off and not really sort of understanding. First of all, this is a civil case, which means that criminal charges were not on the table, which means that jail and prison was not on the table. So if your measure of accountability was jail and prison, that was never going to happen. Here. Never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing also, is, is I that, just want to say one thing, which is also not unusual when we're talking about cases of sexual assault. Exactly. Right. In many, in many cases, the statute of limitation has maybe run out for the criminal case. And if it hasn't run out, we have seen multiple cases where prosecutors will just not necessarily bring charges because they, for whatever reason, may feel mm-hmm. like. This isn't a case that they want to bring. They don't know that they want to do this. The victim They're isn't perfect. Yeah. yeah. They're hard to prosecute. There's a ton, there's a ton of reasons. So yeah, I definitely think that people should do a little more. And I hate saying just do your Googles, right? Because what I'm noticing is that maybe doing a disservice because I, I just think you should niggas, niggas don't understand the Googles when they read them. <laughs> actually, right? So like I'm I, I am telling you, like, as someone that has dealt with civil cases in intimate ways, that shit is wildly invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you're when you're dealing with this, and it's incredibly long. Like, 
you know, we watch so much. It, it's the same way we see about cops, right? Like we watch so much television that the assumption is that, you know, this case is brought in, you know, right now, and then this will be done by next year. And it's just like, mm-hmm. dude, nah. you, you, you might still be in discovery next year. My nigga. Like you might, you might not even be deposed until, you know, 14 months from now, 15 months from now. Like mm-hmm. you just have no real idea how the wheels are going to turn on this. So, um, you know, I, I, it would really be great if people just took a second to kind of just maybe read things with comprehension. That's what I, I think people read them, mm-hmm. but I don't think they necessarily comprehend. And I'm, and, I, and I'm not really even right. saying that as a shot. I'm not saying that as a shot. I think people breeze through shit and they don't There's really a reason why motherfuckers go to law school because that shit's hard. There's, a great, yeah, there's very comprehend. specific language. Yeah. There's very specific language right. and very specific wording that's used. Yeah, you can't just read then, that shit as a regular York, person and, and, and comprehend it, you know? It's hard. And in New York, what I'll also add is that um, New York law regarding sexual assault um, is is multi-tiered because a lot of our, our laws that are on the books are for people who were victims as minors, not adults. Mm. Um, mm. It is actually harder. Um, what were you going to say, Inka? I saw your finger going. I was just going to say, New York State, um, there's a law expiring on Thanksgiving that opened up the window for civil suits for adult survivors of sex right. trafficking and specifically, that, which is what Cassie filed under the trafficking act. And, 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 and also, that, 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 to that point, real quick, um, Nye, that's why Drew Dixon filed her thing filed as her well. Thing. Because of the law running out. That's why I was like, why why now? Like that that's why. Yeah, that was was why. But also again, it was for a civil suit. You could not push for it. Literally the law states that you could not seek a criminal suit or criminal charges Mm -hmm. under this law. Um, I also um wanted to add that like when we think about the fact that like a Cosby finally went down. Or Harvey Weinstein finally went down. Like, for example, with Cosby, the only thing that got him, that that brought the criminal charges against him was the fact that he admitted under oath to drugging his victims. Because one of three factors that has to be present is either um, use of a weapon or threat of, or, or verbal um, declaration that you have a weapon, incapacitation of the victim, or two or more people involved in the assault. Like, it's really specific and well, Harvey, I got to check what it what it is, but I'm guessing it was something similar. So it's it's very rarely just as simple as the act itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without a very very high burden of proof. And the and the last thing I'll say about the civil versus criminal is like sometimes it is about because a lot of people were like, well, if if somebody did this to me, no amount of money would uh, be able to replace justice. <sighs> First of all, if you're not a victim, you can't speak to what would feel like justice for you. Because for her, it may not be about the money itself as much as it's about like making that nigga shit uncomfortable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I want to jam you up a little bit. You know, let's stop talking. Let's stop talking shit because let's just say for the sake of this conversation, she got thirty million dollars. Just just to say, because we don't know how much she was given. How many niggas is walking away from thirty m? Really, like nigga? thirty M really, People are like, people are like, puppy has that. 
No, he doesn't. Probably got $30 million in cash sitting around. He's sitting around in a fucking drawer. That's is... a lot of fucking money, bro. Yeah, another, another <laughs> thing that really blew my mind was that people think valuation and liquidity oh, they in, the same. is the same thing, and it is not the same thing. There are not, there are not very many people that that size of a settlement doesn't make them have to get on the phone with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Maybe sell That's some shit or whatever. Down. That is not sitting down to the chase in <laughs> in uh, a checking account, my nigga. Like I can assure no. you of that. No. So no. so some calls have to be made. But aside from that, man, I just I just what bothered me was, you know, about that whole if I was the victim, if I was this, if I was that. Um you niggas get online every day and tell us how you fucking mistreated, how you you you, you know you don't get this and you know you film they, they somebody shit. in Walmart talking crazy they, to you. Yeah, they, they ain't they ain't give me my PTO, you know yep. what I'm saying? And you ain't fucking stand up for yourself for that. So, you know, all this fucking Monday morning quarterbacking about what you would have done when you if you were in this situation, like I, I just I first of all Thank God that I was never in a situation. Thank God that nobody that you know what I'm saying that I that I know um, intimately that I'm aware of was in a situation similar mm-hmm. to that. Like that is, you know, I, I just I just think that people harp on these things and they get online and they have these personas of being no nonsense and I'm all about this and I was going to stand on business and I was going to do this <laughs> and I was going to do that and then meanwhile. And then meanwhile, when we actually look at the numbers and we actually look at things like domestic violence, and we actually look at things like, you know, um, um, these sort of volatile relationships. Right. They're very normal people. Right. Like this is mm-hmm. not like like numbers are overwhelming. So like to sit here and then um, sort of victim, I, I don't want to say victim blame, but like to sit here and like you know, sit on this fucking high horse in a soapbox and, and, and get in your pulpit and act like, you know, you you would have never. And the reality is you 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 might be right now. Yeah. More than right. more than likely, you might either might oh, be or might say, have, or have been. Go ahead, Inka, you two got to say. I just want to say a couple of things. Number one, I believe women. I'm always gonna err on the side of believing women. Mm-hmm. Number two, there is not a woman in my life except my daughter who has not experienced some sort of violence, sexual assault, rape at the hands of a man. Mm. Every single woman, Mm. period. So regardless of how much money she sought out for, regardless of what this looks like and whoever you think Diddy is, none of that matters. I believe the allegations because she is a woman. I'm going to err on the side of that. Um, Also, the insidiousness of abuse is that, or of an abuser, is that his whole goal is to damage your credibility and isolate you. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there are going to be people that don't believe that you were abused. That's by design. So everybody who is on that soapbox and heaping responsibility onto Cassie and onto all these other people simply don't understand the nature of abusive relationships. Especially with a dude like that who's got that much power. Well, with a dude like that who got you know power of 
you know, uh, uh, power, but you know, with right. the marketing and publicity firms and all, all this kind of shit he's got at his, at his fingertips, he can sway. Or even a lot at of the his... very base level, like her doctors, like if you read yeah. it, his doctors were speaking to him about what yeah. was going on medically. Like you can't escape that kind of control easily. Right. So, and not saying that any of this is like written in stone, whatever. I'm just saying I believe women. Mm. Yeah, I, and I will say to to what Jeff just said. In a in a similar vein to Cosby, this and I think, and I'm talking complete shit. I think one of the reasons we saw this settle, I'm talking shit. This is my opinion personally. I think one of the reasons we saw this settle so quickly is because, kind of similar to Cosby, um, this hit Puff at a vulnerable moment. His mm-hmm. cachet is not what it used to be. His um, reach is not what it used to be. His influence isn't what it used to be. He's in trouble with Diageo and and most of his net worth is tied up in Ciroc. Uh, Bad Boy is is basically a, a theoretical concept at this point. Um, you know, he's not like I I don't know if we actually talked about this on the show, but when who was it who who took over the white party? Michael Ovitz, who did that? Whatever. Oh, whatever. Um, Michael uh Michael what's his name? Rubenstein, the guy from, that owns the yeah. uh, 76ers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Michael when I Rubenstein. saw the white party last year. Or this summer, this summer, and literally every white and black person of any note, swag, influence in Hollywood and music was in entertainment and sports. Everybody, everybody was there. And Puff, who originated the Hamptons party, was not was there. Mm-hmm. Like that was wild to me, mm-hmm. right? But that told me so much. He's he he's still Puff, but he doesn't have. He doesn't have the sway and he doesn't have the 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 power that he had. And and I think that I don't know if this is a first domino. You know, we've talked um before, maybe not here, but just in general conversations, like there's a conversation about how the Me Too movement just be kind of skipping through uh hip hop and entertainment like a pebble skipping over water mm-hmm, won't stick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and part of that is because there there is such a um there is such a culture of this business um a the fact that a lot of people even the executives themselves were very young coming into this um with a lot of power and kind of learn ropes as they went along there was a lot of things where we were just like this is just how the business works it's how it is yes yeah, yeah is. and i'm yeah. just talking about like not even like the straight up like Illuminati shit that people think is happening in the music industry, but just like ass people being assholes and like just abusive office behavior in the terms of how you talk to people, how you treat people, the shit you make, mm-hmm. the shit, you know, the the shit that people got to go through just to keep a day to day and um like a, a kind of level of harassment and and haranguing and you know like just shit like that that you start to just feel like is it's just normal shit. It's just. Mm-hmm. Is what you got to do. Is what it is. You know? In a high power job, like you think about the devil wears Prada. If that shit came out today, everybody would be talking about how Miranda <laughs> Priestley was an abuser. They'd be trying because to get Animator. They'd be trying to get Animator the fuck out of here. Yeah, but 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 because it, that shit is abusive. It's literally mm-hmm. abusive. But it's like we didn't see it like that. Like you had like that was part. That was part of the. It came with the territory, right? Mm-hmm. You work for very demanding people, and they are erratic. And they are eccentric and they are entitled. So um, a lot of this is like, I, I'll be honest, me and myself, I've had to unlearn a lot of things I felt were normal about just like the dues you pay 
and I'm not talking about sex acts or anything like that, but just in terms of like the treatment that you take and the behavior that you tolerate um, and witness and that you expect others to, to tolerate um, in the business. And I, and I think that that is still very much unraveling because the music industry is kind of supposed, music and entertainment are kind of supposed to be these areas of bedlam, right? Like they were like your sex, drugs and rock and roll. Like there, there was supposed to be a level of people expected a level of depravity and people expected a level of like just next shit. And now we're trying to rein it in kind of underneath normal social mm-hmm. norms. And, and I think it's, it's just hard to do when it was supposed to be this place without limits and constraints kind of social yeah. And one of those, and, and I'll just chime in, one of the biggest changes and one of the biggest things that you're seeing right now is that many of these sort of um, wild for the night places, the record labels and these sort of independent movie houses have all been brought up. They've all mm-hmm. been bought by major conglomerates that are now like, okay, um, you know, we're just not going to keep settling these fucking cases. Yeah, okay? we got we got real HR get, here. We're not fucking yeah, around. Yeah, get shit in line, okay, or get the fuck out right. of here. And, and, and we're not we losing gotta, young people. We got to explain it to the board. Yeah, we got to explain that shit to the board and like why we have to pay someone seven million dollars. Yeah. those are the those are the settlements that nobody that doesn't even scratch. Yeah, the don't even make the radar. Don't even make radar. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely feel like that, and I definitely <laughs> feel like the cult. There's a there's a there's definitely a culture shift. There's definitely a culture shift in um in 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 honestly in believing women. Like I I think that there was also a come to Jesus moment with what people assume and what we found with social media is that people take these few still images and these couple of video clips and they just make an entire life for you. And then it was the realization that, well, maybe that life that I thought that person was leading was not as glamorous and maybe it was not as, um, Maybe it's not some shit I want, right? Like yeah. I don't know that I want yeah. that trade off. And so I think that there's a healthy dose of like you don't fucking know these people. Like you don't right. know their lives. And um you should probably refrain from being so enamored with it. Yeah, you should probably just chill. Right. So so I'm gonna wrap it up with these couple quick things. I watched rap shit, um, the new season. I got another I got another login, Inca. <laughs> Inca gave me a login, but it didn't work. I I think but, I think allegedly, 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 I might have got a, a, a login from Inca's sister, Binka. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but anyway, I watched, uh, I, I watched it, um, last night. It's not as good to me as it was. I, I don't know if it's new writers. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's I, I don't want to keep watching Sean and make horrible decisions. Yeah, and they, and you know, and I just also like, and this is gonna be very shallow, and you know, I know I, this is these are my opinions, but I should probably shouldn't even say this. Let's move on. I say that. Yeah, yeah. I watched. Right? What you watch? I watched Rustin before you get to. The I watched it. I watched Rustin. Okay, I watched, watched it. Excellent. Excellent. I thought it was excellent. I hated the way they they wrapped up the ending so quick, but it was no commitment. Wild quick, but yeah, it was. It it was, was really I, I would sure know. It was. It was. It was. But, but Domin- the Coleman, Coleman Domingo the was amazing. 
Coleman Domingo was amazing. The movie Coleman Domingo was amazing. Jeffrey Wright is Adam Clayton Powell. Come on, nigga. There was one scene where he was talking to uh, what's his name? Tell me A. Philip Randolph. Yeah, but <laughs> I was I was telling Jason like I think it's important to watch because when we went through the Black Lives Matter movement, everybody was talking about all the old all these organizers. You know, throwing shots at each other, arguing with each other, and I was like, "That shit ain't new. new." And I think, and I think this really proved, like, this was an example of how much these niggas got at each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it was all kind of a different shit. agendas and stuff. And yeah. people play, had to play politics within. But Coleman Domingo's uh, uh, performance to me deserves some type of nomination, if not an actual award. But the movie was in. Okay. Um, I watched the two, first two episodes of Married to the Medicines. Have been amazing. <laughs> I watched episode three last night, and it is yeah. that is they on fire. They, they on fire. fire. they on fire. I ain't so watched good. episode three yet, but um, I just think we know think you don't like know, that, that new gal. I just I don't I don't think what they first of all, and here's let me just say this: I understand the new person sort of getting treated a little little bit hazed in some way. Right. But I think that for those women, those women in particular being of a certain age, I think that that the hazing that she is receiving as a clearly young woman, she's 31. She's a kid. It just feels, it just feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I get a little, you know, are we going to fuck with you a little bit? But it just feels, oh, it feels very mean girl. Right. And, yeah. and, and for like women of like in a very extreme world, right? Like she's really young enough to be their kid. She's you know young I mean? enough to be Dr. Jackie's kid. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like she's a, she's a, she's a, everything about <laughs> Dr. that. Dr. Jackie's really nice to her though. It's not her. It's, no, yeah. no, I'm not saying Dr. Jackie's not. I'm, I'm saying just age-wise. The one that's old enough to. Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. she's just not prepared for reality at TV. all. And that, that's what I was gonna say. It feels like from the first three. Actually, I'm I'm tripping. I saw all three. It feels like I don't know. Greg Greg is not protecting her really. He's kind of like Greg doesn't forcing her think... onto them. I, well, here's a, here's a couple things, and again, I don't know these people. Yeah, I'm we don't totally know talking shit. Yeah, I'm totally talking shit here, but I don't think Greg makes it back on the show without her. Absolutely not. And, and this is this is a substantial, and I'm sure this is the kind of bread that makes a difference in your crib, right? Yes. So you're going to take that opportunity, like most thirty year olds. Um, most young people tend to think that they got all this shit figured out. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of them, particularly at that age range, don't really have what I have found in my experience, in my opinion, they don't really possess a measure of poise. They, when they fly off the handle, they fly, they fly off there. in a way that's just, extreme you know like what i'm saying like she so like did in this very, last episode so like it's very easy to tweak them right because mm-hmm. you can because the thing about gen x and like and particularly fucking boomers is like when they find that screw oh they're gonna put that driver in that screw oh, every fucking chance they get and they're gonna twist mm-hmm. that son of a bitch right mm-hmm. so the, the more you keep letting them know that that's your weak spot that that's your soft spot like this is what happens because this is 
Shielding yourself is some shit you learn on the playground. And when your playground has a soft landing, right? When your playground is, is plastic, right? You can't really compete with the motherfuckers that grew up on, with, you know, with, concrete with, and on the, with, with on the metal, metal, with metal, metal slides. Slide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, them niggas just built playground different. So she just doesn't, she, she just seems to be tweaked. He doesn't really know what to do here. And I don't really know that he is a, I don't really know that he is not, let me, let me word this correctly. I don't think he is protecting her, but I don't think he is, I don't think he is not doing that because of consciously saying I'm not going to protect her. I think that this particular area is a blind spot for protection for him, for a guy like that, because his previous wife did not necessarily need that that measure of protection because she was, she was in fact the person who would be doing the protecting in that instance. Like, nah, we're not going to do that or nah, we're going, you know? So I just don't think he has that. um, I think, I just think it's a blind spot. I don't think he understands that malicious intent. This, yeah. I don't think this is something that he understands he needs to do. And this is a part of having a younger White, like yeah. these are the you know the, the pros and the cons, right? One of the cons are you kind of have to help guide them in this space, yeah. Because that that young lady just seems to be God bless her, but like they're putting her through the fucking ringer, like yeah. wait. Listen, unnecessarily. If you invited <laughs> my husband's ex wife to my bridal shower, <laughs> I'm moving this furniture. Yeah. Are you crazy? crazy? Not even at quad, but like. I'm looking at Phaedra crazy because crazy. why is she here? And Phaedra's excuse was well, everybody kept asking about her. I'm like, this wasn't the place to do that though, Shorty. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and I'm throwing also, hands. I'm also sorry. the thing, also the kind of to Sean's point um with this girl is everybody on this show has either been married for double digit years, some twenties. Yeah. Or, or somebody like a Phaedra who's divorced now, but who has been married with children, and she's experienced none of that. So she's like, and she's, she's really like, experienced in reality TV. She plays the game really well. Yes, yeah, so she plays the game really well. Well, this don't girl have is, none of that. Yeah, this girl is green. So man. no, so so, and and this is one of the things, right? Where where like, as a husband or as a person who, this is where she should have been prepped, right? And she should have been prepped that. Something might happen here, right? It's like so you should be prepared. I don't know what might be said or what might happen, but you might get a bomb dropped on you because there's this event today. So you should really be um don't fuck with no alcohol. Like make sure you are poised and in your right togetherness. Yeah. Um and you know, and listen, I think that as a young woman, I mean, she's obviously she wants to be married and she wants all of the things and she's marrying a doctor and he's older. Like she's checking a lot of boxes here yeah. and having the ex saunter in, which I found just crazy. very, <laughs> which I found very just this, this, like, this is what I meant by this is, this is, this makes the show not fun. Yeah. Right. What, what should have been a very fun and probably connective moment turned into this very unnecessarily awkward and catty. And like that to me, that, that to me is not good television for me. Like mm-hmm. I understand that it's good television. It's going to be, me. it's going to get clicks and likes and, it's get the and, clicks and all that yeah. stuff but as, as like for me, for what I enjoyed married to the medicine, that's not what I enjoy. And now listen, did I'm you not see the preview for next week. 
I did. You, you, you should watch that episode just for the bachelor party. Oh yeah, the yeah. Because yeah, wild that out, Sean. You know, that was yeah. the, no, the, real quick. The I mean, it's, it's, it's out. The preview for next week's shows. This, 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 like, a, there's literally a guest list at the wedding. There's like a a dude at with a guest like a party at the wedding, and Heavenly and Damon are not, are not, and I think somebody else are not on the list. So Heavenly's like they're like oh, your your name's not on the list. You can't come in to the wet to a wedding. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 but I was gonna say that that bachelor party thing threw me because I don't know maybe I'm maybe I am getting getting old. But I'm like I'm watching these dudes who are like 50, 60, 55. Greg's fifty six. Like these guys are old men, and then they go to the strip club. And first of all, I'm like my nigga, like. That you like that you pass this <laughs> like going to the strip club because I'm getting married uh, for the second time like and then like of course the girls in the strip club are are kids they're like 22 21 and I'm like I don't want no 21 year old girl grinding up on me that's literally could be my that's literally my daughter like my son is older than that and it was just kind of weird to see like Curtis like with like, some 22 year old girl in his, his face is like what the fuck is going on man. It's just like the culture in Atlanta specifically. Yeah, but I mean, for niggas like sixty, and you going to the strip club because your man's getting married. It's Thank like the ones with the money in the strip club. Where are you talking? Uh, no, about? I'm not mad at the girls. The girls get the money. I'm not mad <laughs> at the strippers. I'm just looking at this. He, he said he need his strippers thirty five and up, nigga. Yeah, I need my strippers <laughs> with some bad knees. This goes do something else. My, yeah. I need my. My hoes need to have Tiger Ball more on their knees when they come <laughs> on. <laughs> ain't none of these girls. Ain't none of these guys got a knee brace on. <laughs> my my strippers wear flats. My strippers wear flats, bitch, because I'm over bungies is hurting and, and glasses. You know what I'm saying? And Doctor G is having such a good time. He inviting the strippers to the wedding. To the wedding. I was like, nigga, like you, you. What it was is this active. They, some of them, not all of them, because because um, Eugene was cool, Damon Eugene. was cool. Like they yeah. wasn't acting a fool, and, and uh, Eugene, even Cecil, because Cecil, they, because Cecil, Cecil, Cecil was all right, but it was, was Curtis and Greg yeah. it was acting almost like y'all never seen, y'all never been around girls before. They were like OD, and I'm like, nah, Cecil, because Cecil, because what's her name said. Simone has said on the show, like Cecil fucks with the strip club. Like she didn't make it, like she didn't make it a thing, and she definitely didn't play him like he just be in there all day. Yeah. But she was just like, you know, Cecil go. She was like uh going to get wings. That's like their code for going he to going the to the club. club. Yeah. And listen, like you said, it's a it's a culture down there. They're from down there. That's mm-hmm. very much a thing. And so I totally get it. And listen, at some point. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 you know, the, the young tenders, they're going to be young tenders. And, um, you know, I, but I also understand that at like 57, my nigga, like, do we need a party bus? This like, what I'm saying. do we need this, a party that, bus? That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, my nigga, like, you acting like you're 28. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, man. But anyway, they, it you was know, entertaining to watch. It was, no, it was entertaining. It was an, it was an entertaining show for sure. Um, Oh, I want to mention. Um, I hate the new girl on Real Housewives of Potomac. I stopped watching. I, I, I watched one the first like episode and I checked out. I, I was like, I'm not doing this now. I'm just. It's not. That's not entertaining at all to me. It's um, gross. The whole. It's very. The colorism is super blatant now. As always. And just coming after Wendy 
on, with no basis at all yeah. it's it's too much it's too much right, so, so we're gonna wrap it up on that note we'll let everybody get back to pap, snapping APs and uh <laughs> and soaking their greens <laughs> it is not greens Thanksgiving 1963 nigga <laughs> <laughs> snapping no motherfucking peas you ain't in the kitchen but snapping that's the peas. problem though somebody needs to be snapping some damn peas somebody needs to be snapping some peas it's cheaper to get them to snap them too Oh my God! Auntie, <laughs> let Auntie tell us the, the Auntie tell us stories while she snapped them peas. You know, your uncle, you, you know, your uncle Charles. Cake, he wasn't shit. Now my pound cake <laughs> recipe is stamped. I'm very proud. It's been years in the making. You earn, you earn that scratchy That's voice. Okay. I'm gonna come. Perfect. I'm gonna come through at some point. I might, I might pay you a visit this weekend. Gotta, try to sample yeah, the. I might get you a shit. I don't have a whole Auntie arm, but it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> It's a, all right. We're going next week. Gonna be drinking. I said drinking beer out of a glass. You know. You are bugging. <laughs> Absolutely not. So have a I happy still, holiday. I got some youth about my shit. You see my. Oh, Stanley! <laughs> Stanley, Stanley got some great publicity this week. Oh yeah, there was oh, a car yeah, fire, did. and there was still ice in the Stanley yeah, Cup. And the, the CEO, and the CEO, CEO did TikTok car. about it and gave, a, gave they bought the lady a new car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to. I want to see it. I'm I'm about that shit ain't curling all the way over. I believe it because the straw was like melty a little bit, but inside the cup. Yeah, niggas be niggas be lying, but I mean, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it go. All right, Uh, we gonna wrap it up. We see y'all after the holidays and have a happy. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace. Don't eat them leftovers past Saturday. Sunday. Mondays. <laughs> right. Peace. And that's what's popping in the world of entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Pop Life Podcast with Jeffrey, Naima, and Sean. Want to be a part of the show? We've got three ways you can get involved. Like us on Facebook. Send us your burning questions to poplifepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at Pop Life Podcast. 